Okay, you can all open your Bibles at Matthew. Matthew 18. Um, yeah, open your Bibles at Matthew 18. Let me just get a stopwatch here. We're going to read from verse 20. 21. So before we start off, maybe a few jokes. <laughs> what is the difference between a physician and a preschool teacher? One has a job with patients, and the other has the patience of job. <laughs> job. <laughs> so you can learn many things from a child, from from children, and one of them being um, patience. There's one thing that we can learn from there. So for all of the young people in, in the church that's going to get married soon. Um, before you get married, you are supposed to, or this is just good advice, uh, maybe put that person in front of a computer with slow internet, and then you'd see, <laughs> do they have patience or not? So um, I, I assume you know what the sermon will be about. Uh, it's just um, always funny to me how we want patience from God, but we want it now. We pray, God, please give it now to me. So we can, you can open your Bibles. Yes, you are there at uh, Matthew 18. We're going to read from verse 21. It says, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall, I, shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, who, which, uh, which who would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one, of, uh, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison, till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry, and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that, uh, all that debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldn't not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. So, this, this is a common um, passage about forgiveness, as uh, I think that is uh, clear and plain. But I think there's a... <coughs> Maybe on a tone when it comes to patience, that how, how is that linked to forgiveness? And we're going to have a look at that. Um, years back, uh, when I was still in school, we played rugby. 
and there was one guy, uh, but at one time uh, we called him Oman. So at one time he, um, he was the captain, but he, he, was, he was a bit older than us, so we, it was easy for us to, to listen to him because he, he knew how to play rugby and he had quite experience. And uh, he didn't talk much. Every time, or that one time I remember, we, before a very big game, he just said, um, boys, Kalanta is the main thing. So uh, I don't know how to put that in English. <laughs> it's easier to say in Afrikaans, Kalanta. So patience. Patience is the main thing. So that is also the title of my sermon today. Kalanta is the main thing. So we're going to have a look at what is the basics when it comes to forgiveness. And I believe we will see something inside of this passage as we um, go through it again. So when it comes to the Gospels, we know each author represents Jesus as a, a, in a different kind of way. And we know Matthew represents Jesus as the king, rightfully so. So let's, let's have a look at uh, what this passage can tell us. So Jesus is the king, and I, I dare say that it's the upside-down kingdom when it comes to Jesus. Um, you get honor by serving, you gain true wealth by giving it all away, and instead of taking revenge on somebody, you actually need to love them and to forgive them. So it's, uh, you're, you're, it's a different kind of kingdom, if I can say it like that, something that we don't hear often from the worldly standards. So forgiveness is very important to Jesus. Um, I mean, he, he mentioned that we need to forgive 70 times 7 times, which is quite a lot. And... Um, we also know that patience goes along with, with forgiveness, and that is what, something that we're going to bring up today. And patience is also one of the fruit of the Spirit, so it's, it's, it's definitely important to have that. I think every Christian should have that. It's, it's difficult, but it's very important. So when it comes to forgiveness, I know there's a number linked to it, but it's not about calculations, actually. It's like asking um, you, how many times should you be kind? You can't give a number to it. How many times should you cherish your, your, uh, or admire your children or your spouse? There's no, uh, it's not as if every day you wake up and say, okay, today is only 490 times. Done with that, then I'm done uh, loving you. you <laughs> it's not, it doesn't work like that. Or how many times or how often should I honor God? There's no number to it. You can't uh, run out of the numbers when it comes to, to doing those, those things. So it's basically... Continually. We need to, it's a continual process. It's not just a once-off or twice or three times and then we are done. And, and I think that is what uh, we're going to get here. In this story, we saw three main characters. We saw the king, and we can link him to Jesus. We saw the fellow servants, and that's perhaps everybody around you. Maybe your spouse or uh, your children, somebody at work, um, even people on, uh, maybe at... Um, on the road. We will talk about that a bit later. And, um, and then the servant, the unforgiving servant, which is you in this case. So how do we forgive? What is the, what is the process or what is, our, what is the basic principles when it comes to forgiveness? And I believe each one of these characters will tell us something or will teach us something about forgiveness. And that brings me to my first point. We're going to have a look at the forgiveness that starts at Jesus. Everything basically starts at Jesus. We know that. And this passage also starts there with, um, with the king. So if we read again there in verse 23, Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king. So I want to say this. 
the kingdom of heaven. You can only enter if you have a clean record, if you don't have any debt. But unfortunately, because of our, all our sins, we are not debt-free. We have, we have sins, we have um, sinned against God, and therefore we are not allowed to be present in the kingdom of, of heaven. And Jesus keeps record of everything, as we can see there, which would take account of his servants. So he actually took the time, that king took the time and went through and saw, okay, this is the exact amount that you owe me. And we will see later on the, the other servant wasn't like that. So Jesus have patience to go through your records and see exactly this is not right, that is not right. And he also has patience with us regarding our debt. We know he keeps record because Psalm 33 says, The Lord looketh from heaven, he beholdeth all, that, all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation, he looketh upon all the habitation, inhabitants of the earth. And Romans 14, well-known passage, So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Matthew 12, But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in a day of judgment. You see, God has a bottle of our tears, as Psalm 56 says. He has a bag of our transgressions, as Job 14 says. And he has a book of all our thoughts, as Malachi 3 verse 16 says. So he definitely keeps record. And that's actually a scary thought. I mean, literally everything that you've done, he has um, a record of that. The problem is, however, the debt that we need to pay him, um, the monthly installments, if you want to say it like that, is less than the interest. So we will never, ever pay him back. It's, it's impossible. And God's Excel sheet goes further than X, uh, what is that, XFD. I don't know if you've tried to... You can just uh, click control and uh, the arrow. It's much easier than scrolling down. <laughs> and the rose goes further than one, I think it's 1,050,000 or something like that. So his Excel sheet is really, really uh, impressive. So nothing compared to our, uh, our Excel sheet that we might have. Now if we read further... In 24, it says, um, and when he had begun to reckon, so he, he actually had that patience to go through, through everything, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. Now 10,000 talents, um, give or take, there's some sources that says something else and so, but it comes down to this, in that time, a penny or a denary, if I, can, if I pronounce it correctly, was one day's uh, wage. And let's assume... You work five days a week and 48 weeks uh, a year. That's about in 240 denarii a year. And it might be even more if you go through the passage in uh, Matthew 20 in the beginning. And one talent is about 6,000 uh, denarii, which it will equal to 25 years of, of work, which means 10,000 talents is about 250,000 years of work. So whatever your monthly or your yearly sal salary is, just multiply that with 250,000 times. Then you will see how much this guy actually owed his servant. If we just have a look at numbers in South Africa, if you just take the normal um, minimum wage, which is about 22 rand, can be more or less, it will, it will end up in 10, mil 10 million rand. Now that's quite a lot, and that's just minimum wage. So just imagine the amount of debt this guy was in. Um, with his king, and we as well. It's impossible to, to pay that back. Like that, him said, come now, found him, uh, him that, that says, 
owe to grace our greater debtor, daily I'm constrained to be. We are daily in debt, if you can say it like that, and we are constrained to be in that debt. So you see, as we read on, this sins of you, of this servant, not only affected him, but then verse 25 it says, but for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had and payment to be made. You see, your sins affects not only yourself, but your spouse, your children, basically everything, everybody around you. And the payment is obviously more than you can afford. There's that typical saying that says, um, sin will, will keep you longer than you need to know and will, it will cost you more than you actually have. And that is true. Um, and we know that, but to live it out, it's, it's a bit difficult. You see, God looked down on earth and saw this mess. And he had patience for about 4,000 4, years about this mess happening on earth. And he, he decided that payment needs to be made. Um, we can't go around that. I need to make that payment. And he actually made that payment. So what is our attitude or what is the servant's attitude towards this situation? We can see from our side what is, what's supposed to happen is we sh- should fall down to God's feet. As we can read there in verse 26, I, I think, yeah. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him. So we as well, we are supposed to fall down to Jesus' feet and worship him. Worship in this case is to kiss. We are supposed to plead with Jesus. Say, Jesus, please help me with all of these sins that I have. Please forgive me. Please forgive all that, sin, all that sins, all that debt. Have patience with me. It's very interesting to me that he doesn't say, Lord, please forgive me. I will pay thee back. Or please forgive me. I don't have anything to pay or whatever. It says, please have patience with me. So we as well, we can ask God, please have patience with me. And I think all of us can do with that little patience from God. Um, I mean, he, he doesn't have to, but luckily he is patient. He, he has patience with us because, well, after the first mistake and he said, okay, it's done. Just imagine how, how yeah, every day it will be done for me. <laughs> um, because, well, I need that patience from God. We need to plead at Jesus' feet, like I said. And then this servant said, I will pay thee all. Now, is that possible? We know it's impossible. I mean, how is he going to make uh, 250,000 years of payment um, in a short time? Or what? You, you can't put a number to that. It's, it's too large. How is he going to do that? Uh, and we as well. He didn't, he didn't think that, Jesus, uh, that this king can actually pay all his debt, or can forgive all his debt. Now, maybe some of us also, uh, if you're not saved, maybe you think it's impossible. For me, all my sins, all, everything that I've committed, that Jesus can just forget it. Uh, we maybe sometimes treat, treat this whole debt thing as, okay, Jesus, you can pay half of it. I will pay the rest on my own terms. And it doesn't work like that. Even if you take half of it, you will never be able to pay it back. So we are supposed to be the other way around. We are supposed to tell Jesus, I can't pay it back. You need to um, forgive all my sins, please. And that is the way you will be saved. What, what is the attitude then from God's side? If we read on, he was moved with compassion. This king, he was then, verse 27, then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion. He had tender mercy. And thank God for that. He loosed him. God realized that there's not, nothing you can do to, to pay for your sins. So he made the payment. 
and then he forgave him the debt. Jesus paid for our sins, like we've earlier mentioned, that this servant needed to pay everything, himself, his wife, his child, everything that he had. God also gave everything up. I mean, to give himself up, that is all. I mean, he is, he is Lord of all, he is all in all, and he basically gave up himself for us. So he followed that, that blueprint, if I want to say like that, that he gave everything, um, luckily. Now, just imagine if we have no debt. Uh, the students that are going to um, graduate in a, in a few months' time, or whenever you're going to graduate, imagine that last day when you graduate, then the company calls you and say, all right, everything is fine, you don't have to pay for everything. That's quite a good feeling. And I mean, that, that is a lot of money, um, but we can take it further. Maybe with your, well, if you bought a car, just imagine that first um, month when the uh, installment needs to go off, or the debit order, and nothing goes off, and you contact the uh, bank or whatever, and they say, oh no, it's paid for. Just imagine that joy that you have, or even the house that you, that you bought, and they say, no, it's paid for, it's, it's yours. Now imagine the, the relief of owing 250,000 years of, of um, wages to somebody, and he says, it's clean. And that is exactly how we are supposed to feel, because our debt is eternal. It's, imp- it's not earthly stuff that it's possible to pay in, in installments of 60 months or 72 months. This is internal. And the, and the best example that we can follow to forgive is Jesus' life, Jesus' own life. And that is exactly where we started. All that we can do is to accept this payment. There's nothing we can do to pay for that ourselves. You can try, but it's, like we already mentioned, it's impossible. You see, the only sin that will take you to hell. There's no sin that will take you to hell but that what you can do. Jesus pays for everything. The only sin that can take you to hell is the sin of unbelief, of not believing that Jesus can actually save you. So it's actually something that you don't do, and that is to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Every, all the other sins, um, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, I didn't check it um, recently, but if I'm not mistaken, the word sin is, I think, 484 times. Uh, and the word blood is 474, uh, 47 times in the Bible. So there's only one time when there's only one word or one sin that's greater than the blood. And I believe that one is the sin of unbelief. That if you don't believe, unfortunately, Jesus' blood can't, can't help you then, because you you don't want to accept that payment. And that is what we need to do. We need to accept Jesus' payment for us. And because He showed, He, he showed. Um, love to us, he showed compassion to us, he showed patience to us, and we are supposed to show that same patience to other people. And that brings me to my second point. My second point is now that you are saved, because I believe most of you are, that you are saved, yet you've taken that payment, uh, uh, that, you've, that you realize you can't pay that payment, and you accepted Jesus' payment. And um, what now? One preacher said it nice, he said it as follows. All believers or members of the church, by accepting from God the unlimited forgiveness He has extended to them, are thereby implicitly pledged to extend a like unlimited forgiveness to others. So, now that we receive that forgiveness from God, it is our duty as Christians to also do likewise with people around us. People in in the church our fellow brothers and sisters, but also other people that is not even saved yet. 
We need to forgive others. And that's my second point. As we read there in verse 28. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. Now, there might be people today, and I'm sure all of us can think of at least one person, maybe more, that we have some sort of grudge. And that person keeps um, staying in our heads, if you can say it like that. Maybe they, or a situation, whoever wronged you, or maybe they have something against God, or maybe to themselves, we will talk about that later. But let's focus on if somebody maybe have wronged you. It's interesting to me in that passage that we just read, that verse, it says, um, but the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants. Only one. Um, that's why I started with maybe there's one person, only if it's one. One person that, has, that mistreated you, or one person that did you wrong. Maybe they do owe you an apology. Maybe they do owe you some sort of money or whatever the case may be. Now what do we need to do? In verse 15, just a bit to the left, Jesus said there in verse 15, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and uh, you, um, between him alone. Thee and him alone. So don't go to Facebook or other platforms. You need to address it with that person alone. And this hundred pence that this guy owed, that is about four months of work. So compare that four months to 250,000 years. It's, you, you can't compare that. And that tells me something. Somebody else's sin against you is not nearly to be compared with your sins against God. So take that into account every time uh, you think of that situation. Now what should our attitude then be towards these people that have wronged us? Because I'm sure there is some situations that people definitely wronged against you. And... Um, and I'm sure, as a natural man, we might think, no, it's impossible to ever forgive this person for what he or she has done to me. We can see, we can learn from what this servant um, has done wrong, and we can learn from his mistakes. As we read there in verse 28, But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence, and he laid hands on him. So this guy was actually very swift to act. He didn't have patience. Quickly. Just grab him and try to, um, yeah, try to choke him. Basically, he, he laid hands on me, on him. So maybe the, your anger towards these people or these, uh, this person in particular, brings anger out of you. And I know it can be situations that's very deep and as a history and stuff. But what about anger towards people that makes mistakes on the road? Um, are you, are you willing to forgive them in that moment? Yes, they do make mistakes, and you as well. And so road rage, that's a, yeah, it's something that we can all, I think I can definitely work on it. Um, yes, because sometimes I, I just want everybody to go to Valcom and see how a circle is actually operating. <laughs> because, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, and that's something that we need to deal with on a daily basis. They make mistakes, you can make mistakes, you are, need, you are supposed to forgive them, you are supposed to not have anger like this, this servant, you are supposed to, to have patience with him. Maybe it's their first time. Luckily, we, have, we can see the L if they uh, do put a sticker there, so then we have a bit more patience. But, uh, but other than that, we are supposed to treat everybody like a learner. <laughs> Maybe that will work. 
And we read further where it says he took him by the throat. So he wanted to kill him, right? Now we might think, no, I don't want to kill that person. I just don't like that person. I won't forgive that person. But we know the Bible says, whosoever hate of his brother is a murderer. So you are actually a murderer. You are exactly like this person if you don't love your, your neighbor, if you don't love that person, if you don't forgive that person. The Bible also says that if, if a man say, I love God, and hate of his brother, he is a liar. So you are supposed to, to love your enemies as well, like Jesus said. He, he went on further to say, pay me that thou owest. He didn't even, like the king, took the time and took the patience to actually reckon all, all of his debt. This guy just went straight and said, listen, yeah, you need to pay me. I mean, it's four months of work. Yes, it's, it's a lot, but it's not compared to what he, he owed. So he didn't, even add, he didn't even consider the situation. He didn't even talk to the servant and says, listen, yeah, let's go through it. I know you owe me something, but let's just have a look. There's some sort, there might be some sort of way that you can repay me. No, he went straight on and, and wanted to, to um, harm this, this fellow servant. Now, as, as children of God, which we all are if we are saved, we are spiritual children of God, right? We are brothers and sisters. Now, we are not supposed to um, judge each one and say, okay, but you, you wronged me. Maybe that person is still young in the faith. Maybe he has a, if I can call it like that, a disability in certain areas, or maybe he still needs to work in certain areas with his walk with God. You don't know exactly where he or she is with their walk with God, with their growth. So don't be too hard on other people. You, you need to um, have patience with that person. Maybe they did do you wrong, um, but you're not, maybe there's some reason. Maybe they didn't even know how to treat that situation. Maybe they didn't even know what to do, and then they acted wrong. So we are supposed to have patience with other people as well, other, other believers, but as, especially other people just in general as well. The feeling of brotherhood must not keep us, um, or mu- let me put it like this, the, fo- the feeling of brotherhood must be esteemed more than revenge. I just want revenge on that person. I want to ask this, will you go off on a child that doesn't know how to tie his shoes? You won't, because they are still learning. Now the same with other people, maybe, maybe that person that wronged you is still in the process of learning stuff, and you need to have patience with him. Or her. If we read there in verse 30 further on, it says, And he would not, but went and cast him into prison, till he should pay the debt. So this servant... This servant was actually, if we just read the verse before that, um, it says, And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me. There again, you ask the same question, or the same, same plead. Have patience with me, and I will pay the all. So the way you went to Jesus and asked him, Please forgive me. Maybe that other person is the same way. How they will like you to forgive them. They also plead in their heart towards you, Please forgive me that sin that I've committed against you. And we can see it. the same goes to what, what you've asked Jesus. That person might ask the same to you. Please forgive me everything that I've wronged against you. But this servant was not willing to forget and forgive. If we read there, uh, like we were there at verse 30 already. And he, went, he would not and went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So he cast him into prison. It's like holding grudges. Like You know that saying that says, if you hold a grudge, it's like letting somebody stay in your head rent-free. So he's just staying there, um, 
that person doesn't even know about you. They moved on, but you just keep on keeping that in your mind, and it's exhausted. Uh, it, it can be very exhausting for that to dwell in your head. You don't have any space for clean thoughts and clean everything. It's just that that situation, and uh, it goes further on that you will actually hate that person. You you don't even look at uh, um, look at the situation in general. You just you focus so on on that person and what he or she has done that you actually hate that person. So we are not supposed to hold grudges. And it says further that um, till you till you should pay the debt. Now here's my question: This guy will actually pay the debt. I mean, four months if he was cast into prison, four months is not too long. Then he he would have paid that. I wonder if this servant will be satisfied after that four months or after that payment has been done. And that is my question to you as well. That person that wronged you, let's say you ask something from that. You say, I will never forget or forgive this person. He or she must do this and this and this. Now, if they do this, this and this, will you actually forgive them? Um, or will you find something else that nobody, he paid me in the wrong way or he, he, he didn't pay too much or, or oh, he paid too much or paid too little. I don't know. Uh, it's a hard thing. So um, a lot of times people don't do even, even uh, everything, uh, anything wrong against you, but you still don't like that person. You don't forgive them for something that happened 10 years back or so. Um, because even if they ask for forgiveness, you still have that bitterness in your heart against that person. And that is not supposed to be um, that way. So hopefully you have enough patience for other people as well. We sing in that one song, Jesus, lover of my soul. It says on, uh, on one stage, Plenteous grace with thee is found. Grace to cover all my sins. And all my sins as well as the brother or the sister that wronged me. Their sins as well. It goes on, it says, False and full of sin I am. So I am full of sin and I'm false so as, as well as the brother or sister that sinned against you. Thou art full of grace and truth. And that is true, right? God is definitely full of grace and truth. And sometimes uh, the best way of showing other people a bit of God's grace is also to forgive them. Um, especially when it's a person that's not saved. How will they see God's grace? If they, if they don't open their Bibles, if they don't want anything to do with Christianity, I think one way is to show them some grace by forgiving them. Then that maybe something so small can maybe... Um, help them to actually get to Jesus in the long run. This brings me to my last point. And the last point I have here is the lack of forgiveness will result in only you suffering. Right? If we, it's not, not everybody around you then. So if you, if you don't forgive, you will suffer. If we read there from verse 30, it says, we already read it, so verse 31. So when his fellow servant the fellow servants saw what was done. They were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that uh, all the debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldn't not thou also have compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And then it says, And the Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors. So he didn't deliver him and his wife and his um, ch child and so like the, the previous case. So it's only you that will suffer. If you, don't, if you don't forgive somebody, they won't suffer. 
They don't even know maybe about the situation. It's, it's you that will suffer. We read here, this guy never answered that question there at the end of 33. Even as I had pity on thee, we don't read that day. he actually answered the question and said, yes, I, I understand the situation. So maybe he had some remorse, maybe not. But I tend to think he didn't have the remorse um, due to what, what happened next. And we know if we bound something here on earth, like just in verse, uh, verse 18 says, where Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. So you are supposed to make those things loose here on earth. Otherwise it's going to be eternal. Like this guy, he was tormented, obviously, to pay all, to pay all that was due unto him. Now, I don't know how is that possible to, to pay in a, in a lifetime of maybe 100 years, 250,000 years of, of payment. But you can, you can, I, I think it's safe to say 250,000 years is eternity. Uh, yeah, I, I think definitely it will, the rapture would have then happened by then. I don't think it's going to carry on longer than that. So we are supposed to think of it in eternal uh, sense. We are supposed to forgive people, not only for a period, and say, okay, I'll forgive you, but only for a month. Then I know you're going to do something bad. It's supposed to be, a <laughs> it's supposed to be eternally, right? So, but I want to say this as well. So the lack of forgiveness will result in only you suffering. But I want to say this as well. You need to be able to forgive yourself as well. Um, because if you followed the right procedures and you did, even with your own sins, you did ask God for forgiveness and you know He said, I will forgive you all your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But you still keep that and say, yeah, but I, I, I don't know. That was uh, but too, too harsh. No, um, it's impossible. I don't, I don't believe that God, that you actually did forgive all my sins. Or you keep dwelling on that thought that you actually, I'm not actually free. Then, as well, you suffer yourself. Because it's something that He already said, I've forgiven you, and you keep on. You keep on punishing yourself. And I think one of the hardest lessons to learn as a born-again Christian is to actually forgive yourself. Um, I think it's very important to be able to do that. Now, I don't say, do anything what you want, and then just say, oh, I forgive myself, so I'm, I'm free. Obviously, take the correct route. Ask God for forgiveness. Um, ask Him, where have you done wrong? And where uh, what, who other, other people that you've maybe done wrong? But in the end, if you know you are forgiven, forgive yourself. So the inability to forgive others and yourself will be like those tormentors that will torment you, especially in your head at least, um, for quite a long time. And we, there's a lot of stories in history where people had such a bad conscience after some incident happened. They maybe did for, uh, other people forgave them. I think of um, people that uh, unfortunately like maybe um, run over their own children. It was an accident or some other kind of accident. And they can't forgive themselves. And in the end they are actually taking their own lives. I think about that one uh, the one photographer, I think his name was Kevin Carter, um, that vulture where he captured the, the vulture and the lady. I don't know if you know about that picture. It, it, it uh, won some sort of prize, but I think it was four months after that um, uh, prize giving or when he received that prize, when he actually uh, took his own life because he couldn't take that, that he actually took a picture of a little, guy, a little girl dying while a vulture is just looking at her. So... That is what we as well do. We are, we are 
constantly, our conscience, is, if we don't forgive ourselves, it's, it just, it's like torments around in, the, in your head every time. You, you, keep, it's, you will drain yourself, and in the end, it's only you, like I said, that will suffer. So you need to con- continually forgive yourself, and others, obviously, but it needs to start with Jesus. You have to have patience with yourself. You are supposed to have the same compassion that Jesus had with you to yourself. Just like Jesus had patience with you. And that brings me to my closing. If we read there in verse 35. It says, So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother that trespasses. So you are supposed to forgive from your heart. Like I earlier mentioned, if you don't forgive from the heart, you are basically saying, okay, in, in 10 weeks time, then I'm back at my revenge again. It's just this period. So it needs to be from the heart. We need to start where everything started. Forgiveness started inside Jesus' blood, right? So we are also supposed to start inside our hearts. If we don't do that, it's like a leech. I, luckily, I have never been bitten by a leech or uh, latched with a leech. Maybe you have, uh, so you can maybe tell them with more experience. But what I've read is, uh, if you want to pull off a leech, you don't just pull it off. There's some certain ways you need to pull it off, or maybe some uh, bath in some, uh, some substance or whatever, and that will fall off. Um, so I want to I wanna link this to, you have leeches on your heart. You might think, oh, I'm going to forgive this person on my own terms. But it will only uh, make more damage in the end if you try to forgive them with anything else except going to Jesus and ask Him to help you to clean your heart. Because from there on, if you can clean your heart, if you can bath your, your heart in that substance, then all of those leeches will just fall off. And then, we, a lot of times we say, I will forgive, but I won't forget. And that is something that's, uh, it's a, commonly, a common phrase that we use. I will forgive that person, but I won't forget what he, he or she done to me. And that is like, sweeping the floor in your room or wherever, and then it's clean, but then you just hide the dust behind the door or <laughs> you hide the dust under, under the, uh, the table or wherever. That's exactly the same. So you say, I will forgive them, but I won't forget them. You are supposed to forget as well. Imagine Jesus said, all right, I will forgive you, but I don't forget. Just imagine. Every time when you do something bad again, Jesus said, oh, you see, uh, you remember that? Yeah, so I don't actually forgive you. You see how, how silly that is. Uh, luckily it's like a flash drive our life is like a flash drive and it's been formatted and there's no um, recover program that can actually recover all of those old sins luckily and it can still happen today as well you can, you can still ask God for forgiveness with the things that you've done after you've been saved so let, let us this is a um, parable of the unforgiving servant now let us be the forgiving servant we know that forgiveness does not change the past, but it does enlarge the future. And um, the Bible says it so clearly there in Philippians 3 verse 13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are, le- which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Now let's do that rather. We need to understand forgiveness and that it, how it links to patience. How forgiveness started at Jesus. How we need to forgive others. And also, if you don't forgive, that you will be the one suffering and you need to forgive yourself as well. And if you spell that, it spells joy. And that's the only way we can actually have real joy, real peace, is if we 
have loosed all those things that's here on earth. That one song that we also sing, Jesus paid it all, it says, Lord, now indeed I find thy power and thine alone can change the leper spots. So it's only you that can change your heart. Nothing that you can do. And melt the heart of stone. We might have a heart of stone, a bitterness towards certain people, towards that certain situation, that certain, um, uh, maybe it's more than one person that wronged you. But we need to ask God to forgive us of that sin, because it is a sin, and also to help us um, forgive those persons, or that person in particular. It's a continual process, right? Like we started in the beginning. That's 490. Maybe one practical thing that we can do is we can count to 490, perhaps, next time you, you try. Uh, that takes patience. I don't know what was the furthest you uh, counted. I don't count more than 10. Then I just count 1, 2, 3 to 10 again. That's how I do it. <laughs> I don't know about you. But I haven't counted that far yet. Um, but maybe you can count until 490 next time you think of it. Or do, do this. Go sit down and write 490, try to get to 490 reasons why this person actually wronged you. I'm, I'm sure you will only get to, to maybe five or six maximum. And then you will see it's not actually... And then you write another list of everything you've done wrong against God. And you will see it doesn't match up. So maybe you should also think of the situation that you've done, uh, or that that person has done. And you will quickly see it's not actually that bad. They haven't done uh, too heinous of a sin against you. Or try this. Try to have 490 reasons. Every day when you wake up, try to... Think of 490 reasons why you should be glad in Jesus and, um, and worship Him. And I'm, I'm sure it, that will be exhausted because it's quite a lot, 490. And then in those processes, you will automatically remember that He saved you. He forgave you your sins. You are supposed to be the same towards others. Amen. We can just close our eyes. Lord, thank you so much for another opportunity, Lord, that we can, could have opened your Bible. Lord, thank you so much that you, you are the evidence and you are the, the manifestation of forgiveness, Lord. Thank you so much that you've forgiven us uh, all our sins, Lord. More than 250,000 years worth of debt we owe you. And thank you that you've sent your only son to pay for our sins. And I want to ask that you will help us to to um, forgive other people as well, Lord. Even if it's the smallest thing, help us to remember, help us to clean our heart. Only you can clean our hearts. Only you can remove those leeches, Lord. And we pray that you will guide us through, uh, through the steps that we need to take and, we, and give us patience with one another, Lord, patience with ourselves, and also patience with you, Lord. Um, thank you that you showed patience to us. And we want to ask that you will please bless the fellowship now and also the rest of this um, the servant sermon to come, and uh, thank you again for all your goodness and great, uh, greatness, Lord. We ask in your name alone. Amen.